You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. Yo, what's going on, everybody? With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Gowton of BleedingGreenNation.com. I'm Jimmy Kempsky from PhillyVoice.com. This is BGN Radio, episode number 137. Coming off the heels of the first of two tackling-to-the-ground practices at Eagles training camp. Brandon, how you doing, buddy? Jimmy, doing great. Just had some pizza. I've had a couple of hard seltzers, no free ads. So, I, you know, I'm not going to say the brand. You <laughs> might be able to guess which one. Uh, so I'm feeling loose. I'm feeling good. It's Friday. We have a day off tomorrow, no Eagles training camp tomorrow, so you know we made it through the first five days. I'm feeling good, and obviously, as I always say at the top of the podcast, you know, BGN Radio is brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Turkey. Now you can eat the same meat snacks that the Eagles do. You can go to RighteousFelon.com and use discount code BGN15 at checkout for 15% off orders of $50 or more. Jimmy, there's a lot to get to today. It was the first day of the Eagles in, not just in pads, but like pads and tackling, and there was a lot of notes. And it was a longer practice. Yeah, it was about, well, it was supposed to be two hours and 15 minutes. They only wound up going two, but that's been a lot longer than what they've been doing. And uh, yeah, as you noted, it's uh, it was tackling to the ground. And not only like, the, forget the tackling part. Oh, man, there goes the horn across the street again. So my, my, my neighbors across the street, their car's in their driveway. And it's been, oh, just be quiet, ready? It's no been respect on, for BGN it's been, Radio. <laughs> it's been going on and off for like three hours now, or probably possibly longer, or for as long as for, for for all I know. So I don't know what they're doing. Maybe there's somebody like maybe the person that lives there is uh I don't know. Maybe they're injured or something and can't get to the car. I don't know. Whatever. Or it could anyway. be competition, Jimmy. It could be a, a competing <laughs> podcast trying to sabotage us. It <laughs> could be. So uh, what I was saying was, it's not just a tackling to the ground, but I feel like. The physicality of those practices just across the board is sort of at a heightened level because it's, it's a they call it like a live session. And it's really almost kind of like a, like the offense scrimmaging against the defense because uh, because you have, you know, ones versus ones, you have twos versus twos. And it's not just like, you know, kind of uh, gearing up one offense, you know, just, you know, it's not like ones versus twos where the offense is trying to get work done or or the other way, ones versus twos, you know, but the, but the defense ones against the offense twos. Like this is this is like legit like competition going on today. So it's a very fun practice, and it comes like you said uh, right before their first day off. So you and I both had the same, you know, basic headline. <laughs> Each of the last two days, we both pointed out uh, John Hightower's really good day yesterday, and then today, I think it was pretty obvious. The defensive line just absolutely dominated the offensive line, especially late in practice. They had like six sacks in a span of under like 10 plays and it might even been fewer than that uh but how many how many plays would you say they got those six sacks in 
I can't even remember, but I, it, it should be noted too that you know they were teeing off because it was an obvious like situation. It, it was, where the it offense was hurry up was offense. down. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was scripted to where the offense was down, and they only had like I think I heard short say like fifty eight seconds at one point. So yeah. Nevertheless, <laughs> yeah, still, still, ne- yeah. nevertheless, it was not it was not pretty from the offense's perspective. And uh, like you said, the defensive line was I mean they weren't blitzing or anything. It was still just a four man no, rush. Yeah, so. I mean, they're they. I mean, they were pinning their ears back, obviously, and coming after the quarterback, but eh, not great. And uh, I think some of the offensive linemen, you know, kind of had bad days today. Uh, some good days from the defensive linemen. Who do you think stood out among the D line? Yeah, and I'd really say that like the second bad day in a row for the offensive line, as far as I'm concerned, because I thought you know Wentz was getting sacked yesterday, and there's some pressure. Um, as far as who stood out in the defensive line, I mean, you have to give. I mean, the obvious guys like Fletcher Cox was wrecking shop. Um, Malik Jackson was pretty active. Like, yeah, to see I thought that. he had a really good day today, Malik. And that's good to see, you know, just because we you know didn't get to see much of him last year. And I also thought he kind of had a quiet camp last year, not necessarily a bad one, but just didn't really notice him a lot either way. Uh, so good to see Malik active. Um, I mean, you really can go down the line here. Josh Wett had a really good uh, pass rush move to get inside on yes. Dillard for a sack at one point, which eh, not good on Dillard, but yeah. good for, for Josh Wett. Casey Toolhill kind of had a rough start. Like, he had an offside, I noticed. And then he also um, also got shut down by Prince Tega Winogo uh, on the right side of the defensive line. But then he switched over to left, uh, lining up over, uh, I believe it was Jack Driscoll over there. It was Driscoll, yeah, where you got plenty of straight sacks. sacks. Yeah. So that was pretty good. And then uh, what else did I miss here? Who else was there um, looking at the defensive line? Oh, Joe Osman was active against Jordan Mailata, right. as he always like, is, destroying <laughs> exactly. it. Mailata must see Osman in his, in his sleep at night. <laughs> <laughs> but Sweat, uh, you mentioned him. He had that really good inside move against Dillard. And what's troubling to me is that on the very next rep, Oh, he beat him with like an athletic move to the inside. And the very next net rep, he went speed to power and he just pushed Diller right back into the backfield again. He didn't get the sack on that play. I think it was Cox on that play that, that got to Wentz from the other side. Uh, Jason Peters wasn't in during that drill. It was uh, Matt Pryor. So I, I assume he beat Matt Pryor on that. But um, the, he, Diller got beat two plays in a row. And that's a little bit too much of what we saw last year where he'd have one bad play. And then he would sort of overcompensate with however he got beat on that play. And he'd get beat differently on the very next play. Like that happened far too often last year. And it happened here again with Sweat where Sweat beat him with an athletic move to the inside. And then he kind of, on the next play, set it up where he was going to beat him with speed again. But instead just, boom, right into his chest and with the, with the bull rush. And uh, was able to take advantage of him there again. Again, he didn't get the sack on that play on the bull rush. But he did uh, sort of um, uh, you know shrink that pocket. And 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 helped uh, Fletcher Cox uh, make the play on the other side. And then Peters was. I mean, you mentioned the Peters thing. Like it's concerning to me, Jimmy, that like he was in and out of the lineup today. He he came up a little bit like limping at one point earlier on in team drills. He came back in, but then he was out again towards the end of things. So like, I mean, any kind of time that Jason Peters misses here, when he's transitioning from left tackle to right guard and there's significant concern about that as I you know I've talked about with Trey Thomas on here like that's not a, a minor transition uh like there's 23 days till the season starts from when we're recording yeah. this podcast on Friday August 21st like any kind of time he misses is like is not good and by the way when pe- I'm not wanna, I don't want to blame all the offensive line struggles on Jason Peters directly but I'm saying like the past two days here when he's been at the first team right guard like the offensive line as a whole hasn't really performed well so that's <laughs> that's not well he wasn't in during the sack barrage he wasn't there okay. like, it was prior sure. was in for him sure and as far as him like missing plays 
I get it. Like I, I, I hear what you're saying. Like he's gonna they he needs as much work as he can get just to sort of get his you know footwork down because he's got a, he's you know he's playing like mirror image of what he's played his entire career. Yeah. Like switching from tackle to guard isn't that big a deal. Like that's been done a million times in the NFL, but switching from tackle to guard and then also switching sides as well, that's the real difficulty. But at the same time, like JP has taken tons of plays off like over the last decade plus, not decade plus, half decade plus. And, um, you know, that's just how his training camps go. Like he doesn't, he doesn't play, he doesn't practice every, he doesn't, he doesn't practice every day. And when he does practice, he's not like taking every rep. He takes a lot of reps off just to sort of um, preserve his old body at this point. But there is sort of that balance of taking plays off and yes. also being sure that you, yeah, right. And also being sure that, uh, you know, you really kind of have your, have it down, you know, playing right guard when you played on the left side your entire career. Um, so moving beyond, you know, the trench play here um, and sticking with the defense still, because I feel like they deserve to be mentioned first, given the way. I mean, they won the day. You know, the, the defense, defense played killed well. the offense today. And I thought I kind of summed it up well when Jordan Mailata on the last, like after the last rep. Did you see that, Jimmy? Where Jordan Mailata just like spiked his helmet into the ground. No, I and, didn't. I missed I think, that. Yeah, Doug Peterson was right next to him. And he probably like reprimanded him or whatever. But like that <laughs> kind of just summed up the day. It was just like, like the <laughs> yeah. offense was like frustrated. They couldn't do anything. I didn't think Carson Wentz had a, a great day again. He had some kind of throws that were just inaccurate. Uh, it wasn't really helped by the offensive line, um, but sticking with the defense here, I want to give praise to Avante Maddox because I think I think Maddox has been good. Like, yeah, and you know there was all this kind of like, weird fake hype about Sidney Jones to me at least. Uh, you know, going into camp like, oh, this is going to be Sidney Jones' breakout season. I mean, he missed his third day of practice in a row with injury, and Maddox to me has not looked bad in this camp. And today, he specifically almost had an interception couldn't hold on along the sideline it was either like an out route or a comeback along the sideline and uh also had in any kind of catch he's given up to even one to robert davis on thursday he's right there to to contest uh, i just think he's really sticky in coverage and i've been encouraged by what i've seen out of him i don't think he's, you know he's not flawless he's not perfect i don't think yeah. he's an ideal option in like a perfect world but i think He's their best option, easily, um, when it comes to another starting corner. So I, I've just been encouraged by him. Um, Jimmy, I know you want to talk. Let me know if you have any thoughts. Yeah, no, I have something on Avante. So Avante had a great camp last year. Like, he really looked like he was going to break out last year. And he had the yes. early injury against the Packers, and I think that kind of sent him back a little bit. But um, <laughs> he, How did he not die? Yeah, jeez. <laughs> I talk about it like it's – well, he tried to get back in the game while he was laying on the ground. So mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, uh, but yeah, I agree. So he hasn't had like any highlight reel type plays in camp so far. But like as you mentioned, his coverage has mainly been good. And I mean like you mentioned Robert Davis. He had another one today that he gave up on the sideline to J.J. It was – J.J. was have Maddox and uh, another defender. It's one of the safeties. I want to say it was McLeod just all over him, and uh, J.J. made a nice leaping grab near the sideline, kept both feet in uh, before going out of bounds. Uh, really good play by J.J., but like those are the kinds of plays that Avante's been giving up uh, so far in camp, and I agree, he's been sticky and uh, just a, a solid, probably their best corner, I'd say, in mm. the camp so far. Yeah, I mean, I don't I think I mean, who Slay, else would it be? Yeah, Slay hasn't been super impressive. Not to say he's been bad, but just hasn't you know really stood out. Although I do want to know that I haven't seen him challenged much in like those like of course in one on ones we we've seen like the clips of him getting beat or whatever. But as far as like eleven on elevens, he hasn't been thrown at much at all. Yeah, I thought he had a good rep today too, where like 
Carson Woodford, Deshaun Deep, and Slay kind of just had that covered. And Mills had help over the top, too, so they really just took it away entirely. And Carson's throw wasn't even, like, on target at all. And I don't think it was just because it was inaccurate. I also think because, like, Slay just totally, like, derouted him and kind of just had that, like, all covered up. Um, but I've noticed Maddox and Slay hang out a lot, which is, that's something to me. Like, yeah. It seems like they're, they're pretty in lockstep. And uh, they seem to kind of have, like, a bromance forming there, which is, you know, that's not necessarily <laughs> what you always see from, like, your starting two quarterbacks. Like, they're not yeah. always at the hip like that, but they seem to be. I think that's a good thing. Um, so, I, I think that's cool. Jimmy, you wanted to talk about Lil Parks, because after practice today, <laughs> behind the curtain here, on our walk back to uh, the parking lot, you said that Will Parks is awesome, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> He's very fun to watch during practice, for sure. Like, I like both of those backup safeties that the Eagles have, Kayvon Wallace and Will Parks. Both seem like uh, they have some talent, and they're going to help this team out. Will Parks' energy is awesome. Like yeah. he's just he's just buzzing around the football at all times. Uh, he doesn't he doesn't shut up the whole practice, which is fun. <laughs> and then and then like the one play that I really liked out of him today was it was just it was a punt, and the gunner was Robert Davis, yes. and yes. Will I Parks too. Yep. chucked him out of bounds first of all. And you know you got to you got to come back in right away in the NFL. Like you can't just run out of bounds down the sideline, or it's a penalty. So <laughs> Will Parks kind of had him measured, and as uh, as like Robert Davis was about to enter the field, someone from like one of the other defenders on the sideline yelled, yelled like, "Get him, Will!" And then <laughs> as, as soon as Robert Davis entered the field, boom. Uh, Parks just smacked him, and you just you know you like you heard like the whole sideline go oh yeah. So <laughs> they were like get him, Will, and Will did get him. So like that was sort of a that was a fun play out of, out of him. But he's just been a really uh, fun player to watch. Again, he doesn't shut up the entire practice, and he says a lot of funny stuff. So like it's been uh, it's been a joy to watch him so far. Yeah, and Parks is like two inches shorter and about sixteen pounds. Uh, lighter than Robert Davis on their yeah. listed weights. And I think that might be even a little bit generous uh, height-wise for Parks. But anyway, yeah, so nice to kind of see him. He's a Philly guy. Of course, you know, he's going to play bigger than his size. That's right. And, uh, yeah, very physical. Like, didn't have a lot of pass breakups or anything today, but I noticed him in, like, got a bunch of tackles. Like, he wasn't shy to, like, get in there and contact. Yes. Uh, yeah, I think Will Parks is going to be, like, a nice little, like, uh, role He's going to be a fan kind of favorite guy. for sure, I think. And, you know, he's gonna, he, I think he's going to have a bigger role than we than at least I thought heading into training camp because he's he's essentially splitting snaps in that nickel defense with Nickel Roby Coleman. So they have, like, their what they call their nickel off nickel defense with Nickel Roby Coleman in there. But then they have their quarters offense, quarter offense, which um, Will Parks is, is in there as a third safety and Roby Coleman isn't in. So it's, you know, it's the front four, it's the two linebackers and Gary and more recently Duke Riley, and then they have the three safeties and the two corners, whereas opposed to the traditional, traditional nickel look, they have the three corners and the two safeties. So they've been, they've shown a lot of that three safety look, and I think they're going to use that a lot this year. Really just like a, uh, a Jim Schwartz defensive back, if you've seen one. Yes. You know, a guy with swagger, plays with energy, like that's, you know, Jim Schwartz loves that. He loves like uh, like he he always referred to Timmy Jernigan as playing like with uh, with a lot of energy and Nigel Bradham as playing with a lot of energy. Like yep. those guys weren't always like super productive, but they always played and they always played a lot because Schwartz likes the way they played. And he's there's no question he's going to like the way that Will Parks plays. I was even thinking about that today, and this is kind of a different thing, but like Duke Riley with how you know he's another energy guy. Yeah. And how that kind of replaces, like, I think he's going to almost be, like, a direct replacement for Kamu Gruje-Hill. But Kamu was like that, too. Kamu had a lot of energy, and he brought, like, uh, he was just fun. Fun guy yeah. to kind of have around. And I think Duke Riley's like that. So, Schwartz just kind of likes that kind of thing. 
Uh, another guy that I wanted to mention, Jimmy, another safety really yes. here. Uh, bottom of the roster, you had him on your 53-man roster. I was thinking about it. Graylin Arnold yeah. had two tackles today. Um, the first one, <laughs> he came up and run support in the middle of the field, thought that was good. And then the second one, it was like him and another guy. I can't. I don't remember who it was, but they just like it was. Uh, it was Rudy Ford was, was okay. in on that too. But Graylin Arnold got all of that tackle. Ford, yeah. Ford added a little bit to it, but he got like he had the initial smack on that and and and, uh, and the finish on that too. On Adrian, lifted, it, was, it was Adrian yeah. Killens both times. Both off the times away. Yeah, he lifted him up and he just planted him into the turf. Like that looked like it hurt. <laughs> and Killens like kind of rolled over and he got up quickly. But uh, yeah, that, and that was that was like sort of the uh, the highlight of the day from the players' perspective. They went nuts on the sideline after that. Oh hit. yeah. Yeah, they love that. And uh, Killens also got destroyed by Alex Singleton. <laughs> Pass protection on one rep. <laughs> oh, was that oh. Singleton? I didn't know who that was. I saw him get run over, but I didn't know who. It's funny. Like, Killens, I mean, he took his lumps today. Like, he took a lot of shots. He, he dropped the uh, he dropped, dropped the, the punt. Ball. And uh, the sideline was getting on him for that, too. Like, the players <laughs> were getting on him for that. So, like, he, he, had a, he had a rough day. But it is interesting because they – they had him working out at receiver, but they had him working at like running back today. And then he was first team kick returner and punt returner today. Obviously, so Jalen Rager didn't, didn't practice today. Boston Scott didn't practice today. So those two guys are obviously higher than Killens on the depth chart in terms of returner. But with those two guys out, he was getting those first team punt and kick return reps. So they clearly want to see what he can do. And he didn't have yeah. a great day, but it is interesting that that they at least are giving him an opportunity. Yeah, I saw more of him than Mike Warren, for example. And I did see Watkins. I think Quez got the first kick return. But then after that, it was, you know, pretty much okay. killings yeah. on punt and uh, on uh, uh, kick as well. So uh, any other thoughts on the defense, Jimmy, before we take a break? Yeah, here? one more thing on uh, Kayvon Wallace. So, and actually Jordan Mylata, too, as long as we were sort of on him, too. There yeah. was one play where, I don't know if it was a toss or... I think it was a toss sweep sort of uh, sort of play, like to the to the left side, which is my lotta side. But my lotta was still pulling around to the left, and he had like a full head of steam, like coming around the edge. And I was watching him, and I was like, okay, well, let's see if he buries like a linebacker or defensive back here, and um, you know, because he, he came around the corner with uh, with with like you know f- you know full sprint, looked like he wanted to plant somebody into the ground, and Kayvon Wallace comes up, and he looks like. Wallace looks like he's going to, you know, take on that block. And the last second he ducked under Mylotta and oh. then, you know, Mylotta just completely whiffed. And Wallace then uh, decked, I want to say it was Elijah Holyfield uh, near the sideline along with um, um, uh, Sean Bradley. So Wallace really, I mean, Wallace is a rookie and Mylotta is going into his third year. But when you look at those two, like you just that play to me was like an example of a guy that's been playing football for his entire life in, in mm-hmm. Wallace and one that just started playing like two years ago. Like while Wallace is the rookie, he's more of like a seasoned football player. And I think he kind of saw it there. And uh, it, was, it was a play that, that I, th- I thought was very well done by, by Wallace, but also just kind of showed the difference in, you know, what kinds of players they are in terms of their experience. Yeah, you brought up Jordan Mailata. Not a good camp for him, in my, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he's been getting by beat by Joe Ospin just a ton, which he same thing happened last year. Um, so you can be like, okay, you know, Ospin, again, same thing, more football experience, more developed physically, obviously, than Mailata. 
I don't want to take away credit from Osman entirely there and just say like, oh, he's only succeeding because he's facing a guy who doesn't really know how to play football. Because Jannard Avery, Jimmy, my favorite player on the roster, of course. Uh, <laughs> right. I was I was trying to watch him today, like key in on him to see, like, okay, you know, let's give him a chance. What am I? Let's let's see here what he's got. And he was going up against Jordan Mailata, and he didn't do jack from what I saw. Yeah, it's going to be tough for him to sort of beat you know opposing offensive tackles that just have such a you know major size advantage on him. Like his arms are like. Are like 31 inches long, which is super short for, you know, defensive lineman. And then he's six foot, uh, generously. And you have a guy like Mylata who's what, like six, eight, three, forty. Yeah. I don't know how long his arms are, but they're super long. Like it's just going to be, I mean, just it really gets any offensive tackle. It's just, he's, he's at a disadvantage right off the bat. So he's got to win with his explosiveness somehow. I just haven't seen that so far. What is kind of interesting to me is that. There were a few times today where they had uh, Osman lined up in that Joker role, which is also a role that Avery played um, in Eagles defense when in like, the limited snaps that he had last year. But I haven't seen Avery play that Joker spot at all. I don't know if you have like you watched him today. Did he play any of that? Did he play any Joker no, today? Not from so they, what I they, saw. They had Osman playing that Joker role, but they didn't have yeah. Avery there, which is maybe a little bit telling that. They are trying Osman there, but maybe not Avery as much. And that's really the role that suits Avery best. Like, I thought he was, like, a good blitzer that you can, like... But I think you kind of have to sort of disguise him a little bit and give him a chance to use that explosiveness because if he does have to, you know, kind of win a one-on-one battle, he is going to be hampered by his lack of size. So it, it was just interesting to me that they had Osman in that Joker role and they're, sh- they're, 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 like, testing him out there where they aren't testing Avery out there. Jimmy, what's the phone number for Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors? It is 856-906-9295. That's Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors. She's awesome at her job. And her cat is uh, on my desk right now, kind of getting in the way of me trying to record this podcast. Nice. And that you can also call her maybe if you're not like looking for a home, but possibly if you're kind of, you know, like you need some advice too. Is that fair to say? Sure. Yeah. I mean, they'll give you like... Yeah, I mean, she'll she'll she does free consultations if like you're she'll give you like a, a market analysis of your home just to kind of give it give you an idea of of what it would go for if you were trying to sell it. Uh, it's you know it's like a crazy seller's market right now, but um, yeah, she's very good at what she does. Check out her reviews on Zillow.com. Pretty much five stars across the board. Uh, again, eight five six nine zero six nine two nine five, or you just email me and I'll get a, I'll I'll get you in touch with her. Uh, my email is Jimmy at PhillyVoice.com. Brandon. We will be back after this. Back here on BGN Radio 137 with our Day 5 Eagles training camp recap. Jimmy um, kind of touched on the offensive line already. Two straight bad days for them, in my opinion. I just wanted to quickly mention, this isn't even so much of a huge talking point to me. As much as just like Carson Wentz to Deshaun Jackson is just like, I tweeted this out today. It's such a money connection. Uh, I don't really play fantasy football anymore just because I feel like I'm so – it's just – it's too consuming for me. Like I Yeah, I don't – like when I have some free time – I actually was in two leagues last year. But when, when I have some free time away from football, mm-hmm. I don't want to cram more football into my life. Yeah, it just, it's too stressful <laughs> yeah, for me, especially know. on game day. Like, I have so many other things to do. Like I don't want to worry about setting my lineup or adjusting with injuries and everything. So <laughs> – Right. Uh, but, like, my advice to you in general out there as a fantasy football player is, like, draft Deshaun Jackson. I know the injuries are an issue, but I feel like 
from what I've seen and what I've read, like ADP is like a lot lower than it should be. Like Deshaun's pretty good still. Do you happen to have I, a number of where he is? I don't. I, I've just seen like from what I've read, like, and I've even seen a good friend of the podcast and friend of me uh, online at least. Josh Norris has kind of talked about too how like Deshaun has he, he's really driving the Deshaun and, and Rager bandwagon, so that's cool to see. I mean, he he had instant rapport last year with Wentz. Oh yeah. And, and then and we saw in week one, they, like they connected twice on bombs. And yes. if you can stay healthy, you're going to see a lot of that this year. Oh, like, and, you know, no words today in practice because he's day-to-day with a uh, upper body injury, I believe. Uh, so who was Carson's favorite target by far easily? Like, yeah, Deshaun, yeah, yeah. He was yeah. thrown into Sean all day. So, yeah. Um, you had mentioned J.J. Oh, Ortega. But, you know, I'm sorry. As long as you mentioned the tight end, there's Dallas Goddard news. He has a hairline fracture in his thumb. According to, I think it was Tom Pelissero, uh, or as yes. you say, Tom Pelissero of, of NFL Network. Uh, so they said it wasn't like a big deal, which seems weird for like a tight end to like, oh, broken thumb, no big deal. Yeah. I don't know about that. And they said like, oh, he can return, but it'll be in a splint. Like, no, don't let him return in a splint. Like, he can play week one. Like, he doesn't need to come back in a splint. Get out of here with that. Yeah, these are kind of thin at tight end right now because uh, Noah Tangiai also went down with a foot injury at one point later in practice. Don't know how severe that was, but he, he had to get looked at for a little bit. So really, Josh Perkins and uh, Caleb Wilson are the only healthy tight ends right now. <laughs> and he got yelled at by another player while he was down on the ground. <laughs> he, it did happen. <laughs> um, We're not allowed to report what like, players yell on the field. So yeah. my apologies for, for that. It was uh, funny. We'll just, we'll just say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, more good signs from J.J. Arthega-Whiteside you kind of mentioned earlier. He had two really impressive back-to-back uh, uh, catches along the sideline on one of the Eagles earlier 11-on-11 11 11 drives. The first-team offense, Carson Wentz. Yeah. One was like, I guess it was an out route or something. Just hands extended away from his body, made the catch as he was going to the ground. Like seeing that. And then contested catch along the sideline and he got both feet in according to whoever was calling that on the sideline there yeah the referee came running in said it was good it looks good to me too like it looks fair yeah um, i thought i thought he was in tracked it well so that's good to see i mean you know it's you make of it what you will it's it's you know practice and whatever and, and it's only small sample size but it's, it's encouraging to see from jj uh, i thought this was nate sudfeld's best day jimmy do you agree with that he had a really nice deep ball to Marcus Green, was it? Yes. Who beat Strap. And that's sort of his game. Like, his deep ball was has always been good. Like, there was the one uh, preseason game. Steelers, I don't think it was Shelton last year, two years ago. Shelton Gibson, they connected a, a few times. Uh, but, yeah, he's he's always kind of like, – I think that's his best attribute is his deep ball. I still say that Jalen Hurts is – significantly is like way more talented not even significantly but way more talented than uh, Nate Sudfeld and I think that he's going to be the two like mm-hmm. a lot more quickly than the Eagles are letting on Hurts but I do agree I, I thought Sud did have his best day so far by the way and he also got a lot of the reps like he, he was even with the first team at one point which I thought was interesting yeah um he I mean Hertz didn't get nearly the he same got like 10 reps. reps today if that it was pretty limited, and usually in the days past, it's kind of been a little bit more closer with Sudfeld and Hurts, yeah. but today there was a big disparity, so I mean, that's a good sign for Nate Sudfeld's stock, although I agree with you, I don't think that means much <laughs> like over time, I don't think that means much in the long run, but in the short term, you know, it's good for, for Nate Sudfeld, and he still had some bad moments too, I think he still holds onto the ball too much for like yes. too long, like just make a decision, Nate, like just get it out of there, just throw it, like 
get rid of it. Um, but overall, still, like, uh, my biggest critique of him in the earlier days here is just, like, he hasn't done anything, like, like, just really impressive at all. Like, nothing, like, I can even really include in my notes, like, a, like a good throw. But today he had those. So that was good to see. Um, encouraging sign for him. Um, did you, anything else here on the offense, Jimmy, before we get into our, our winners and losers from camp? Yeah, the only thing, the only other, like, so today, today's also a good day to, to like, sort of evaluate the running backs. And uh, I thought Corey Clement had a good day. Yeah, the sideline has loved some of his long runs that he's had. He's had, uh, you know, he's run hard. And he had a couple of nice, ca- like, really nice catches, like, mm-hmm. in the flat where, like, he's looking back at the quarterback. And Wentz actually threw two different uh, low balls to him. And he was able to reach down and grab it while on the run with his back, you know, to the defense. So he doesn't know he's gonna, if he's going to get drilled or not. But he, you know, made two nice catches and turned up the field. So, yeah, I, I think what he has shown so far uh, early in camp has been encouraging as a guy that can maybe, uh, you know, take some, uh, you know, take some reps if Miles Sanders goes down or if they have like a lead in the in the third or fourth quarter or whatever, you can you can give him some runs. Um, I've not seen much out of Holyfield. Like I think he's actually caught the ball okay, um, and that's sort of like not his thing. He had seven career catches at Georgia. Uh, but I think he's caught the ball fine. It's just I don't see any like I don't see any like standout traits out of him. Like, there's nothing that I uh, that comes to mind when you know I think about him. Like okay, this is what I've seen from him so far. Killens we already mentioned, and then Warren. I haven't seen anything from him. Like I just I don't even know if he's really getting any reps. <laughs> like I just I've just barely seen him. Have you seen really him do anything? Earlier in camp, yeah, I think like the first day or two, I saw him like do some good things, but yet today I didn't even really notice him at all. Yeah, and uh, I thought Holyfield is kind of clearly the fourth back in terms of reps wise. Like, yes. obviously they gave a lot of playing time to Killens today, but it seems like like it's Corey as Clement a up. running back, it's been him. Yeah, so that's you know there's something to be said for that. Um, I also want to raise a a thought, I guess, at the wide receiver position, and that you know we gave a lot of ish. To the offensive line today, but I wonder mm-hmm. how much of that too. Like the, the receivers might deserve some blame too. Like these young guys, like maybe they're not in the right spots. You know, maybe they're they're not getting open. It could be. Um, so I just want to. I, I don't know if that's the case for sure. It's a you know, we don't super inexperienced group, so that's very mm-hmm. possible that they're just not where they're supposed to be, and the yep. quarterback has to hold on to it longer, or that doesn't yep. come out because they don't trust it, and then they get sacked. So and then the, you know that that looks bad for the offensive line. So yeah, I, I agree that, that that could be part of it. Yeah, just wanted to raise that. Um, Nothing too much else in the offense. I wanted to mention that TJ or Hertz, yeah, limited work, had a pass knocked down by TJ Edwards. Um, Quez, Quez Watkins had a drop today. Just a couple quick things there. Um, I forgot to mention yesterday. I should have mentioned this. Um, I see Bo Wolf has mentioned this guy as his training camp crush. Um, Elijah, Elijah Riley had a pick six yesterday. Okay. That was a good play by him. Uh, picked off Hertz yesterday. He also almost had another one today. It was on a tipped ball that Sudfeld threw a little too high in a dump pass. Um, couldn't catch it today, but just wanted to, I forgot to mention him yesterday. I wanted to mention that, so just wanted to sneak him in there. Um, Jimmy, let's pick some winners and losers from camp so far. I guess we should do two each, because I'm going to have a post on this on bootinggreennation.com, so you can check my full list out there, um, and, I'll, and I'll put the podcast in there too. But who are some of the guys that you have? Yeah, I went one winner on offense, one winner on uh, one, one winner on offense, one loser on offense, one winner on defense, one loser on defense. So my offensive yeah. winner so far... It's John Hightower, wow, who has, nice. who has uh, exceeded my expectations early on here. Uh, obviously, had a huge day yesterday. I actually thought he had a decent day today. Like he had a decent number of catches. 
and no mistakes from what I could tell. Um, it, had a, it had a nice play. Like one of the one of the one of the like the rare good things that JJ did last year was sort of stay alive for Wentz. Like when Wentz would, would extend the play. Remember, like two or three years ago, I don't remember if it was actually it might have been 2016. The first yeah. year that he played with the worst receivers in the NFL, like he would extend a play, and like you, like you get like big plays when you extend the play like that sometimes. Mm-hmm. But he would extend the play, and his receivers would just be. St- oh yeah, it was definitely that year because Doriel yes. Beckham, Doriel Green Beckham was a big, was a big. Uh, I mean, he was a big offender of that. The receivers would just be standing around. Wentz would like break the pocket, and he'd like roll out, and he'd be looking for someone to to come open. And there'd just be nobody there. That's actually one thing that JJ did. I felt like last year, like he had a, like his lone touchdown reception. I forget who it was against. Dolphins. Uh, it, okay, it came via that kind of play, and then he had a, a play against the Patriots, where like the Eagles were starting deep in their own end, uh, and they were down in the fourth quarter. And Wentz broke the pocket, and they want to get on like a 30 to 35 yard uh, play to JJ uh, because JJ stayed alive for him. Hightower had a play like that today, where you know they they got a actually it was kind of a similar situation where they were they were coming out of like from deep in their own end, and uh, they Wentz completed like a 30 to 35 yard pass to Hightower. But Hightower, I just haven't really seen Hightower make any mistakes. Like, have you seen him drop anything yet? I have not seen any drops. I've seen like some some of the route work might have been a little bit like, shoddy. Okay. Um, I think Rizal Douglas has won some reps against him. Okay. But but yeah, I would say more good than bad. John yeah, I, I mean, think he had a highlight real day yesterday. Yes. Oh, yeah, he had a great day. He did everything you would want to see, like route running, tough catches, uh, deep speed, everything. Yeah. So he's been my winner so far. My loser on offense well, would be... Can I get mine? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. All right. I'll give you my winner, and I have it offensively. It's Jalen Hurts. I mean, how could, you not, okay. how could it not be when like I thought like he's come... I think he's going to take overtake, you know, Nate Sudfeld at some point. I don't know when it'll happen, but I mean, it's clear that I think he's more ready to play sooner than we previously thought. And I, you know, the you have Daniel Jeremiah coming out here and saying like the Eagles have been quote like blown away by what they've seen from Jalen Hurts, and maybe he's just doing a friend for Howie Roseman or, or a favor for his friend <laughs> right, Howie right. Roseman there. But still, I, but I think it's legitimate too. I mean, it's not like he sucked and he's saying that. Like I think Jalen Hurts is. He was good, referring so to like off the field stuff on that too, like the way that he's sure. learned and, and uh, just his demeanor and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So that's my winner. All right, my O loser. And we've already beaten him up a little bit here, <laughs> but it would be Jordan Mailata. I would have him off. Yeah. I would have him off the fifty-three man roster today. If yeah. uh, like if they if they had a cut down today, I don't think he's on the roster. I'll just leave it at that. We already killed him enough today. I have a couple options here to pick from, but I'm going to pick one that's maybe not so obvious. And I'm going to okay. say Alshon Jeffrey because Alshon Jeffrey is still on PUP, obviously as we expected. But I mean, I think some of these rookie receivers have looked good. And and not even just the rookies, but like Deontay Burnett too, Greg Ward, like a lot of these receivers and Sean, like a lot of these receivers JJ. are looking JJ are looking like promising and good. And where does that really leave Alshon Jeffrey? Like if these guys are actually looking good in the regular season and they're clicking and like are you really just gonna like, you know, force him back into the offense if things are going well? Yeah. Like I, I don't think the Eagles are in going to be in any kind of rush to really want to activate him off of the PUP if like if everything's going well without him. Um, so I would put Alshon as a loser just by, you know, not being out there and everyone else kind of looking good while he's, uh, in the tub. Yeah. Like if, if they're, if you get into like week six, week seven, or I, I guess, you know, whatever, if he starts the season on pop or whatever, they get like, like the midpoint of the season or something like that. And like, you know, you're having, 
you're having difficulties at the wide receiver position, then yeah, you can bring him back in and, and play him. But as you mentioned, if if things are clicking, if like the guys are getting, uh, you know, uh, if they're stretching the field and they're opening things up underneath and they're making the occasional play deep down the field, then I, I wouldn't mess with that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and if, and if JJ show you anything, he sort of gives you like a similar skill set as Alshon. Uh, maybe getting a little ahead of ourselves in terms of like expecting JJ to do anything in a game that actually matters. But if he does, then uh, I don't know if you want to mess with, um, you know, the reps that he's getting when he's having sort of positive momentum going forward. Who's your winner on defense? My winner on defense is the aforementioned Will Parks. Nice. Who, again, I think is going to have a bigger role uh, in this defense than, you know, I imagined anyway. Maybe other people sort of, um, uh, felt all along that he was going to have a big role in the defense. But I think he's going to have a big role in this defense. He's going to get a lot of playing time. And I think, he, like I said, I think he's going to be a fan favorite pretty quickly of, of the fan base. Uh, I have a couple options I can pick from here. A couple names. I already talked about Maddox earlier, so I want to put him in there because I, that's kind of already obvious based on how I feel about him. Man, I'm looking at my list. And I'm like, which one do I want to say? Which one do I want to highlight here? Uh, I guess I'll go with Jalen Mills because that's probably an important one to highlight. And I think okay. Jalen's, you know, handled the move to safety as well as I you know can recognize in practice he specifically talked about how communication was like a big uh, concern or challenge for him like arguably the biggest challenge moving from corner to safety yeah and I haven't noticed like a lot of blown coverages um, at least when he's been involved in so that's good to see and I think he he's really kind of embraced a leadership role you know, obviously everyone's looking at Rodney like that, and Rodney has more credibility because he's a vet and he's been around and he's kind of already kind of had some of that role to some extent. But I look at how, you know, even Mike Garofalo today had a report about how like Jalen Mills requested to Doug Peterson like to, to talk to the team. And I think if Mills can prove like he's good, he can kind of be like the next Malcolm Jenkins of this team, at least leadership wise. Like because yeah. Jalen's a vocal guy. And I think a lot of people respect him too. And uh, it just the energy he brings. Now, obviously, again, he has to back that up with his play on the field. But I think so far from him, I've been encouraged. I haven't noticed a lot of bad things. And it's clear to me, you know, this isn't any kind of competition. He's going to be starting. So, overall, I just have him as a winner. My D loser so far is Razul Douglas. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> He's really struggled with the with the deep ball, which is, um, you know, n- nothing new. But even beyond that, like – He's an outside corner only. He's not going to cover guys out of the slot. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be a safety as like you know people have hoped he would become uh, with this with this team. They just they just don't have that in the plans for him at all. Um, and in this defense, you know Jim Schwartz wants all these guys to sort of be able to play everywhere or play you know different spots. And he's at a major disadvantage in that he only plays on the outside. So I would say that if there were a team that runs like a like runs like a cover three type defense primarily like uh, Falcons or like a Seahawks or teams like that. I could see, you know, him maybe contributing on a, in a different scheme, but I just don't see it in this scheme where I think they're going to be playing a lot of, you know, man, man defense. And they're going to, you know, if Slay's following guys, then that means that, um, you know, the other corners sort of have to adjust to that and play all over the place. And I don't think that he can do it. Um, he's got good ball skills. He's a physical tackler. So it's not like he's a lost cause in any way. And I think he can contribute for somebody, but I just don't think it's going to be here. Yeah. I had Rizal off my, you know, 53 man roster when we went through that prior to training camp. And I might just have to leave him off again when I do my next version for tomorrow, Saturday, August 22nd. 
And, you know, I had Craig James on there instead. And, and Craig James had a good day at practice, I thought, today. He had uh, two near picks. And I just think he's a better special teams player than Russell, too. And that matters for, like, your sixth cornerback. Like, that's yeah. where that guy's going to be playing. So, uh, yeah. And, and maybe, I don't know for sure, but maybe in theory, at least, like, they can put Craig James inside out, too. I haven't really, you know, seen enough to know that. But I know Rizul can't. So, not good for him. And I also have him on my losers list. I also have Sidney Jones on my losers list. Um, who I mentioned earlier. Yeah, that's a, that's a that's a solid pick as well. It's almost Hargrave on there too, but at least you know he's been durable over his career. But Sydney, you know, missing three days. I mean, the, the idea that there was a starting competition between he and, and Maddox oh, yeah. or whatever. I mean, there was in 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 my opinion and and in your opinion. But like, if there ever was a competition like that. I mean, whatever lead Maddox had, whatever quote unquote lead he had, that has extended substantially by now. Yeah, and I want to—that wasn't even my guy. The guy I want to bring up here—he's uh, on my list, but the guy I wanted to bring up, I guess, is Derek Barnett. Because okay, that's fair. Like this is this is critical. This is key. This was the, this was the selling point. This is like, hey, he's finally healthy. And I'm not—you know—obviously, this isn't in his control. At least from my knowledge, it's not like. You know, he's not. He wants to be out there, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think it's a matter of that. Yeah. I don't want to hold it against him, but, you know, it's just regardless of that, like, it's a big deal to me that he's not out there because this was supposed to be the offseason where he comes into the season healthy. He's totally fine. It's going to be effective and everything. And just for him to not be out there, and I (laughs) maybe it's like harsh of me to pick my two losers as as guys who are hurt, but it's a huge deal. (laughs) Like, because as we've talked about, they they need Derek Barnett. To be good, not only for like this year, but for the long term as well. So, uh, and this is a critical season for proving that. So, the fact that he's not out there isn't the end of the world. Um, maybe he comes back in the regular season. He's healthy. He's fine. He breaks out. I'm not going to rule that out. But you don't. This is we're just going off the first five days of camp, and so far he hasn't been out there. And I just, I you know, I just don't think that's great. I remember back in the uh, 2017 uh, training camp when uh, the Dolphins. Uh, had they, they joined practices with the Dolphins and the Dolphins mm-hmm. came up to Philly or whatever, and uh, Alshon had missed uh, a big portion of that camp. I forget yes. with what was it? Well, the shoulder injury was the shoulder. Oh yeah, the shoulder. Right, 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 yeah. right, right. And uh, you know, Jake, the 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 Dolphins had just recently signed Jay Cutler, and Cutler, of course, played with Jeffrey <laughs> in Chicago. And Cutler was <laughs> Cutler was getting asked all these questions by the Philly media about Alshon Jeffrey's injury. <laughs> Cutler doesn't know anything about his injury. He's like, and he he's like, well, well, he's like, well, what happened to him? And they're like, oh, his shoulder. And he's like, yeah, okay, so we hurt his shoulder. So what? I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> like Cutler couldn't understand like the Philly, you know, media or Philly fan base mentality or whatever. So he was like, he's like, what's the problem? He's hurt. So what? I'll be back soon enough. Like, you know, get get off the guy's back. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying that. Like, I'm saying that. You know. You should be getting off these guys back or whatever, but right. just the just the idea, like like that guy's a loser. He's hurt. <laughs> <laughs> just kind of reminded me of that. Uh, and any other final thoughts, Jimmy? Yeah, it'll be uh, you know, good to get a day off tomorrow. Not that anyone cares about me, but uh, mm-hmm. first five days of camp are fun, and I look forward to. I don't know how many practices are we going to get to ten. By the way. I think it's just the next five, from what I understand, but I don't know. Oh, is like, that it? I no, that can't be right. I think it's. I think we're gonna get like fifteen or so. I wonder. I don't know. I don't know what happens after. We don't. We don't know. We don't know for sure after these <laughs> next five days. That's all I know. That's what we do yeah. know is that we don't know uh, beyond that. But yeah, I, I just want to give a, a review, quick, or a, a shout out to a review, quick here on the you know BGN Radio uh, Apple Store. 
Apple, Apple Store, Apple Podcast page um, titled, Thanks for Being the Best, Five Stars. Seriously, the best Eagles podcast and obviously the best of the SB Nation family. Just make sure Kist isn't on the couch and that Solak keeps everything delicious. So, obviously, great there. No review, no references to us, Jimmy, just the other people uh, on the network. <laughs> and then another five stars from, this is from Douglas LNG. Uh, my go-to podcast for Philadelphia Eagles coverage. So, and the first one was from Turn Frown three sixty around. I just want to give a shout to the names there. So, if you give or you know leave review ratings, we'll read them here on the podcast. Give you a shout out. Much appreciate those. Appreciate you appreciating us, uh, Jimmy. Jason Kelsey got a Flyers jersey on. Uh, he kept podcast. it on the impact. Like when I when he first when he first when I first saw that, like, it was just yes. during warm ups, and I took a picture of him. And, I, and he kept it on the entire practice. Like he must have been hot as hell out there. He was hey, wearing look, two jerseys. Look, you know, you have to respect the commitment. I mean, <laughs> he's fired up, baby. He uh, is fires, fired up. Fires play Canadians tonight at 7, which is like 38 minutes from, from when. <laughs> it it just looks funny, too, by the way. Like, he's the center. He's, he's got this orange jersey on. The quarterback behind him is wearing red. And then everyone mm-hmm. else on the offense is wearing green. <laughs> he just looks funny out there running around. Because, like, wearing... it's not even like he like he had the jersey on underneath. He had, the, he had the Flyers jersey on underneath, but he pulled his Eagles jersey, like, way up, like, to his yes. shoulder pads so that the Flyers jersey was featured prominently. And the Eagles were wearing their special uh, Eagles Autism Foundation auction jerseys today where, like, the numbers were, like, almost like, like a mint slash highlighter yeah. kind of green yeah. that you can, uh, you can actually buy one of those if you go to, uh, like, the Eagles Radiothon. So do that, you know, if you can and support, you know, good cause. Uh, Eagles have obviously raised a lot of money for the Autism Foundation, and that's good. Um so, yeah, I think that's just about it, Jimmy. We will be back with you really here all on Sunday after we watch Sunday's practice. And again, Saturday the 22nd will be an off day. I'm sure we'll both have coverage on bleedinggreennation.com and phillyvoice.com that you can read. You can also check us out on Twitter at Brandon Gowton, at Jimmy Kempsky. Check out this podcast's Twitter so you know when the episodes go up and whatnot. That's at underscore – or at sorry, not at underscore. I'm messing it up. At BGN Radio. I'm messing it up again, Jimmy. Too many, too many <laughs> seltzers. At BGN underscore radio. And then follow at Bleeding Green, too. That's the you know the site account for Bleeding Green Nation. And it's almost up to 100K. So we want to, we want to get that there. Definitely do that. Obviously, you know, I say it at the beginning and end of every podcast. So you're probably going to skip through it uh, if you haven't already. If you haven't already turned the episode off. But you can go to RighteousFelon.com for your Righteous Felon craft turkey. Where you can use discount code BGN15 at your checkout to get 15% off. And obviously, there's just so many good flavors there. And, uh, they don't just have meat snacks, too. They have other things. So go to RighteousFelon.com and check that out. Uh, good selection of snacks there. You know, it's quarantine. It's it's uh, social distancing. It's all that. So stay inside, eat some snacks. And uh, until next time, Jimmy. Goodbye, everybody. P-G-N. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder. But you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.